Good evening, and welcome to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP 103.3 FM out of Northampton, Massachusetts. Uh, I'm your host, Michael Dow, and with me tonight are uh, Sue Timberlake and Stacy Cooney. Hello. And um, before we get into talking about the, uh, uh, well, stunning developments and news this week, um, Man, I kind of was like, I don't want to talk about this, but we gotta. But first, before we do that, I just want to say, I really don't want to talk about any of it. <laughs> okay, let's just go off the air. <laughs> yeah, that's silence. That's a good idea. Um, so, but just uh, before we get into that, you can get in touch with us in a few different ways, and we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we are Civil Politics Radio at ValleyFreeRadio.org for email, at Civil Politics FM for the Twitters. Uh, Facebook.com slash Civil Politics Radio for uh, Mark Zuckerberg's Media Empire. And we also have our own, uh, 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 you know, plucky little website, uh, CivilPoliticsRadio.com, that has links to uh, previous episodes of the show and stuff we talk about and supplemental episodes. And, uh, yeah, it's great. So, um, yeah, um, I'm, I'm... There were some races that we'll talk about probably later, but... That's that's they're behind us now, right? <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, I I was surprised at some of the uh, some of the results in some of the uh, primary races here in Massachusetts. Uh, not so much by others. Uh, uh, no one I voted for in a contended race won. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely no one. Yeah, me either. <laughs> I, I being a Republican, I voted for a few people that won their primary. So yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> but we had a lot of gaps on our ballot. He's the tallest, after all. <laughs> he is the tallest. Isn't that like, uh, like the, the 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 title of the alien dictators in the Invader Zim cartoon? All hail the tallest! Indeed, <laughs> there's some truth in that. <laughs> and and they're actually just as short as everybody else, but they're wearing like stilt suits or something. Yes. Yeah. Sounds like a politician to me. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah, very much so. Um, but all right, let's start with um. Robert Woodward has a new book out called Fear, and uh, it's a damning indictment of uh, the uh, incompetence and uh, blithering stupidity, really, of Donald Trump as a president and uh, the people he's got working for him throughout the government. Bob Woodward likes to do exposés on the presidents. He did one on Bush, too. He did several books about uh, Bush. (laughs) Yeah, that's right. He's done books about pretty much every president since Nixon. Yeah, that's his thing. You know, he he did at least one book about Obama, I think two. Um, it, well, yeah. who was the woman he used to do? Uh, she used to do all of the vice, uh, all of the first ladies. There's Kearns, good. No, no, it was Cokie, Kitty Cokie Roberts. No, there was there was one Barbara who did Walters? the scandal, the scandally one. There was like Kitty Carlisle. Oh, or, Kitty Carlisle, <laughs> I think it was. Yeah. Oh my so, you God! Know, I'm I feel like I'm in kindred spirits here to remember Kitty Carlisle. <laughs> That's scary, Stacy. How old are you? Hi. She she's wise beyond her years. Uh, yeah, obviously has studied. <laughs> I'm in trouble now. <laughs> I'm I, I am I am perfectly willing to say that I am 40 years old, but I'm also a font of useless knowledge. So <laughs> that That's is my going that is my there. claim to fame. <laughs> you never know what you're going to hear on this show. Yeah. Yeah, I've been thinking Stacy and I should do a trivia program for this station and just call it The Font of Useless Knowledge. <laughs> Indeed. 
And so, people would listen, too. That's the amazing thing. <laughs> uh, I, it would be amazing to me. I, I, I'd do it for the fun of it, but uh, sure. <laughs> people listen even better. Because um, I love an audience. Uh, but Bob Woodward's really good document. That's yeah. not really what it is, documentationist. But, and a historian. He's, he tapes his interviews, yeah, and he's very yeah. ca- careful to make sure he's got references. I mean, he's got a he's he's got, he's got a, a, an absolutely sterling reputation as a journalist, and he's earned it over 40-plus years, almost, almost 50. But there's a big problem. And that big problem is? That it doesn't matter anymore. Well, uh... Oh, because truth isn't truth. Exactly. I'm, I'm quoting. Who am I quoting? Oh yes. <laughs> uh, the, the 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 perpetually Julianne. wrong and <laughs> surprised former mayor of a large city. I do. This is the sad part. I do know what Giuliani meant when he said that. Uh huh. <laughs> we'll leave it at that. Uh huh. We'll, Anywho, we'll, we'll talk about that at our next show. That'll I, tease them to come back. No, I, I mean having heard the interview. Sure, I get I get what he's what he's saying. It's still a stupid thing for him to, say, to have said. <laughs> Absolutely, and Priceless. it's playing and it's playing into a narrative which undermines the whole idea of of what this show is about. Yeah. I mean, civil politics. I mean, I got to say, I've had these moments uh, this this past this whole year of wondering like if we should keep doing the show because uh, fundamentally the Republican Party establishment is committed to lying. And it's committed to policies that are actively destructive to the whole idea of we are a, a, a nation that is united, that we are diverse strands coming together. And the idea of like a civil political project is we all have skin in the game and we all are playing by certain rules and we all agree that sometimes it's not our turn and the other guys get to do a thing. And... You know, ever since Merrick Garland, just to pick one thing off oh, the top that's of my a head, tough one. I have it's a lot of trouble with that re- one. Well, I, exactly, and so yeah. it's to the point where, like, I'm like, I can have a conversation with 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 people just fine, like like you, for example, Sue. You know, like you and I don't agree about a number of things, but that's fine. But just like the the parties, uh, the whole sort of Republican establishment is committed to like. Stuff like Judge Kavanaugh, he's a great guy who coaches his daughter's basketball team. And, you know. As a feminist, I struggled with how many references he was making to women. It was like he protested too much. Oh, absolutely. You know, it was oh, like. Yeah. It, it just felt so false to me. Because if you really felt that way about your kids, that isn't how you talk about it. No. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's. And, <sighs> and, and refuse. Like, this. I know it's been going on since, like, Clarence Thomas was confirmed. Just the idea that, like, a justice isn't going to talk about their, like, they don't have to say, like, oh, I would, in the case of Bob versus Steve, I would vote for Steve, and this is, you know, whatever. But just to say, like, yeah, when it comes to the question of uh, the, 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 the principle articulated in Roe v. Wade that because women are people, too, and because, you know, bodily autonomy, making decisions about your own health is, is super important, and there's nothing more personal or important. Um, and government making that decision for you is the height of uh, invasive overreach. Therefore, the way the Constitution protects our individual liberties and requires due process and so forth, uh, clearly, even though it's not an enumerated right, it's clearly one of the rights that is not enumerated but is there. Yeah, I don't think he'll ever go there. 
Kavanaugh certainly won't. But I mean, no justice is Ginsburg willing... did. Ginsburg said, "Well, and that's, yeah, and that's a, that's an exception." Ruth, R- yeah, notorious, RBG, yeah, notorious yes. RBG, because she's a good person. <laughs> and Judge May Kavanaugh, she live long. <laughs> and Judge Prosper. Kavanaugh, honestly, I don't think he is. I don't think he's even a good person. I can't tell. Did you? We switched over from Bob Woodward to um, the Kavanaugh, but there's a piece of the hearing. You know me. I watched C-SPAN. I didn't watch all of it, but I did watch chunks. Yeah. Did you see um, she's the senator from Hawaii? Maisie Hirono. Yeah. She did a great job. um, She's battling cancer, too. She has been for longer than John McCain was. So I just... You know, like she keeps showing up for votes, and I think that's heroic in a way that doesn't get. Well, busy. she, her argument, and I can't do it justice, but it was on um, women's reproductive rights, immigration, and race. Mm-hmm. And she mm-hmm. had two cases for each one, and I just, I really followed the um, women's side, and it was yeah. on NPR mm-hmm. in the car. Right. And I got home and I couldn't watch it because it was on C SPAN 3, which I don't get. Yeah. And the cable companies, you have to have a subscription. To watch C-SPAN 3. It's outrageous. It's because it's cable company owned. I went through NPR because radio stations right. are free yep. over the air. And I finally got to it, but she'd already gotten yep. off the air. Right. But so here was her argument. She took one case where it was an undue burden for Hobby Lobby to fill out two pages of paperwork. Right. And somebody else would take care of the contraception and right. all that. But contraception's abortion. Judge, yeah. uh, Judge Kavanaugh seems to think that's the case. Well, so he he was in on both these cases, and it was a perfect example that you could really see how he thinks. She said, so here over here is Hobby Lobby, and two pages is an undue burden, as defined by law. Mm-hmm. Then she went through the case of the young um, immigrant who was undocumented, who mm-hmm. needed an abortion. Yeah. And they, Which Kavanaugh, I think, ruled on. Yes, he did. And yeah. she had his two cases... She put them side by side and described them very simply. And she said, so for that woman to be held in custody and not be able to get an abortion, which is her right under the current Constitution, Mm -hmm. is not an undue burden. But for two guys at Hobby Lobby to fill out one piece of paper that said they object to it and that, you know, they're not going to pay for contraceptives is not an undue burden. How can a piece of paper for these two guys and this woman held in custody <laughs> prevented not being an un- undue burden on her i missed right. that what yeah. was what was his answer he had no answer of course in he fact didn't. he got flustered and she did it on the three issues yeah. immigration race cuz she had examples of um um when you can select out race for certain things mm-hmm. but you couldn't right. in another and she had an indian reservation and a, yeah. and compared it to um the college decision he made i forget where it was yeah. wheaton or somebody but she had two cases in each case just listening to her is probably all of about seven minutes you totally got how hypocritical he was oh yeah oh yeah because the cases were easy easy in some senses but the parallels were not easy to see and he said she said, basically, you pick your um, precedent by what you want the outcome to be. Yeah. Right. And it was powerful, and he was tired, and it was it was great. And I I didn't watch it too late last, was it last night, that it went to like 10 or 11 o'clock at night. So, mm-hmm. And it was just, it was beautiful argument on her, her part, a uh, Democratic senator from Maisie Hirono, yeah, she's yeah. great. So yeah. anyway, I just had to point that out. If anybody wants to go, you can find it. I'm going to go watch that after yeah. the show. Yeah, it was because it was <laughs> I want to. I want to hear that. I did hear uh, Kamala Harris. Oh yeah, she follow she, sort of following up on that and saying yeah. like, can you give me an example of legislation 
that where the government restricts uh, or dictates what a man can do with his body? <laughs> and he said, no, I, I cannot. You know, well, actually, he said, like, I'm not sure I understand the question. <laughs> it's like, really? <laughs> I, I, it's a pretty straightforward question. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's a good one. I miss I miss that. But yeah. what a hearing. I mean, I feel like it's almost like back with Bork that yeah. the problem is they don't have the votes unless somebody switches well, side and, from and, my side. And let's not forget, you know, Senator Patrick Leahy has him dead to rights for perjury, for lying under oath to the Senate. Oh, and is this about the thing he hadn't seen, and then they got an email where they had seen it? Not, not one email, dozens of emails. Yeah. Like, there's all this information that was stolen from Leahy's uh, uh, staff. Oh, I remember. Back I in 2002, yeah. by, a, by one of um, the staff Kavanaugh's then-colleagues working for the Bush administration. And so they, no, actually, sorry, no, uh, uh, the, sta- the other guy, I can't remember his name, but the he was working. Was in the office, He was right? working for the Senate. Yeah. For the whole Senate. And he stole this information gave from from Leahy's office. office, and he gave it to the White House, and they used it to help prepare the prepare the way for the judicial nominations of George W. Bush in 2002. And in 2004 and 2006, he was asked about explicitly about how he gotten that information and how he used it, and uh, by uh, Leahy and by Kennedy. And, uh, and in 2004 and 2006, he said he hadn't seen it. Any information he'd gotten, he'd had no indication that there was any kind of impropriety or anything wrong. And then when you see the emails, it's like he's responding to them, he's, he's looking at them, he's using them, and they're saying things like, don't tell anybody about this. And like these, you know, it's these Democratic, you know, um, staff work documents that are labeled not for distribution. And like, you know, and it's like said to him, like, here's some more stuff from the Democrats. And the subject line is spying. And it's, it's just, you know, he lied. Yeah. Under oath to the Senate at an earlier judicial confirmation hearing, like forget getting this guy in the Supreme Court. That's grounds for impeachment. That's grounds for him being removed as a federal justice altogether. Uh, yeah. Where's he in the Twelfth Circuit? I forget where he is. I forget currently. which circuit he's in. But it's like, did what? you hear the Corey? I, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm just, <laughs> I'm seriously Kermit the Frog flailing about this. I'm sputtering because yeah, it's people like, at home can't see you, is, but you. Are. How is this not like? Because it's about the Democrats. Right, because because unfortunately, like the Republican Party, uh, its establishment, especially in the Senate, none of them have any principles. None no. of them have any sense of anything other than partisan. Advantage. I don't think you can say that about every Republican. Uh, any Repu- name one who you think has actual principles? Any Repu- well, hang on. Any Republican who is seeing that and is like, well, I'm going to let the perjury go. Like because it's a win for our side if I do. I I that's, think Lindsey Graham's going to have discount. some trouble with it. Oh, and I, I think don't McCain think so at all. Trouble? Yeah. Sure, he may have trouble, but will he actually do it? Will well, he actually, it. you know, abstain from voting at least? Yeah. Hard to know. Did you hear the Cory Booker? He'll, he'll have an extra bourbon. Yeah. <laughs> over it, but that's about it. No, Lindsey Graham has a hundred and eighty degree turned. He used to have all of these things about how you know. Trump was dangerous and blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. And now he's just like, oh, you know, anyone who says that Trump is dangerous is clearly, you know, a partisan hack. And it's like, um, I was watching one of the late Our night- beloved Duce is always right. Exactly. I was watching one of those, uh, you know, one of the late night shows and they had the clip of him from just the other day saying something. And then they literally it was showed- about the circus. He was there to um, defend circuses. That's part of his testimony with the Kavanaugh thing is actually pretty fun. Well, you know, him, he has a very funny sense of humor. He's, he's funny. Yeah. He's funny. Absolutely. But, 
Um, but no, this was a, this was a more serious thing about like, you know, saying basically defending the president. The and they were the able to. Or Trump no, Trump. Trump. Because he does often do the other, which is he, you know, he's got to work with them and he's the president and that's the president's office. This is not, no, that he's, wasn't he, he's given all of that up. Yeah. He's absolutely given all of that up. See, this I was watched... a straight up, this is, you know, talking about how, uh, people who say that the president is unhinged and blah, blah, blah are, oh, okay. you know, After partisan blah, blah, blahs. And then they literally showed the clip of him saying, the president is unhinged and blah, blah, blah. And it's just, he's just, you know, there is not one spine left in the Republican Party. There just isn't. I I, I disagree. But can we go on to Cory Booker? Because I'm sure you guys enjoyed what he had to say. Did you know what he did? He was he 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 did some excellent grandstanding, and it might actually for a good principle. He released too, so. the documents with the. Well, he said he was going to, and then they decided to just release them. No, so he didn't he actually did. have to. No, he released them, and then at four a.m. in the morning, they released them so they wouldn't have to charge him. Well, they wouldn't they'd have, have to, to. Yeah, yeah, because well, he 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 could have been thrown out of the Senate for well, releasing two thirds of the Senate would have to vote to to expel yeah. him from the Senate for for but violating he said, Senate I'm rules. Standing here, right? Yeah. It, like he said, bring it on, and, yeah. and they were like hmm that would look bad if we did that so we won't <laughs> oh and some of the stuff in the in the documents and it's only a yeah. small percentage of the documents that got right. released well and the the thing like um uh i can't remember i was just before i came over here there was a republican senator from iowa I'm forgetting his name it's got to be chuck grassley i don't think it was chuck no, grassley. he's the chairman is, is it another fellow maybe it wasn't iowa but i thought it was Anyway, the point is, this Republican senator was like, I don't know what the Democrats are so upset about. We've never had more documents for any nominee. Oh, I've heard that testimony. Yeah, right. and it's all, it's like, whose statistics are you going to use? Well, well, it's I mean, 90% of the papers, but none of the ones you want. <laughs> right, and and it's none of the stuff from when he was staff secretary, which is, you know, as, as, as he himself, uh, Judge Kavanaugh has said, like, that was my most formative time working in government. Okay, so how about we see some of that? And considering what's already come out, among other things, proof that he's committed perjury before the Senate, um, you, gotta you know, let it go. I, I, I'd be fascinated. Yeah, I hope because it it just doesn't matter. Yeah, no, they're they're not going to do anything. I I remain hopeful that Susan Collins or Murkowski from Alaska, or nope. actually, there's a handful of other people that could easily turn this over. I I, I sure. I hope they're watching it. I assume I, they are. I, I, you know, like I don't think even Susan Collins is going to do it. I I, I think. I think the, the 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 tribalism is strong in the in the Senate GOP, and they feel like they're under siege, and they've got to hold out as long as possible. Like I I think once they get Kavanaugh shoved through, and maybe one or two other things, I think they're basically going to be like, all right, you know, as soon as the tide turns against Trump, we're happy to cut him loose because we got what we wanted. Well, you know, I've always said that he'd be impeached after the midterms, even if the Republicans retain control, and I've said that from it's, the very beginning. And it's conceivably true because I mean, yeah. they'll probably be, they'd probably rather have Pence actually, you know, sitting behind the the resolute I, desk I controlling would, the nuclear arsenal. I think that's probably well, true. Um, you know, a lot of people think I'm saying that the Democrats are going to win. I'm not saying that. No. I'm saying that I think no matter what happens. Yeah. After the midterm, the accumulation of evidence, I think that my guys will turn on him. So. Yeah, I don't think so. But um, I do like the fact They'll that there is They'll turn on him if they a, think they can get away with it. Yeah. <laughs> that there is Stacey's a, the one in our bet that actually predicted that Hillary would lose, even though you said you were kidding. You you know, when we did the bet uh, yep. about the yeah. 2016 election, you were... Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I knew. You nailed it. I mean, I said I was, I was kidding, but, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but the, the, the thing that I that gives me heart... Even though this is an incredible, incredible, disgusting, just 
history will look back upon this era as just one of the darkest that didn't involve actual like civil war or yet um exactly um but i do love the fact i read yesterday that there is a uh, large contingent of uh donors donating to a pool to defeat susan collins yes after In this May? oh yes oh, that's interesting the, uh, well they're, they're saying like there's this pool of money and we're putting money into it and if you vote to confirm kavanaugh which is going to lead to the overturn of roe v wade this is all going to your challenger every penny yeah that's a good sign there was a woman and it, like and, and pro-choice is a, is by far the, the majority position for voters in Maine. Like yes. 70% of voters in Maine are, are, are pro-choice, uh, which is much higher than the national average. Yeah, and it goes across party lines. Do so. you know they do all the test marketing in Maine? Certain counties in Maine for that reason? Yeah. Right. For national stuff. I'm hoping I brought this citation. I just have to tell you guys about this because I heard it the other day. I'd never heard it before. Margaret Chase Smith, I don't have her name here, who is one of the early first senators from Maine. Yeah. Um, she came out against McCarthy, mm-hmm. wrote letters, got all sorts of co-sponsors, and she was one of the first, and she was from Maine. Yeah. yeah. And I just find that remarkable and really heartening. So Maine's Maine, Susan usually Collins in a, isn't uh, marching in her steps. Yeah, well, maybe she will. Maybe we'll see it. So, and who was it that retired? Was it Olympia, Olympia Snow? Snow? Yeah. So I don't think anybody wants to be in the House or Senate at this point. It's probably horrible. So, oh boo hoo! <laughs> I'm not. I'm not feeling bad for them. I'm just saying that okay. who would want that job? I just. I just want to be clear. Boo hoo! <laughs> yeah. These are people who are. I mean, <laughs> I, I don't even have anything civil to say about it. <laughs> So if you had, were in an organization that was not doing a good job, would you stick in and fight and try and get it straightened out, or would you just quit? Ah, Depends. so that brings us nicely to the op-ed. Mm. Yeah. Is that where you were sliding us? Or? No, I was actually thinking out loud. So my position is that you stay and fight and try and fix the institution. Well, assuming but other people, people will work with you. Yeah, some other people. There comes a point at which the institution is bigger than you are, and if you can't get enough people to go along with you, then you lose. Oh, Machiavelli. No, I mean, it's just <laughs> true. No, it's not, actually. Yeah, it is. The not whole if point you of... know how to use power. <sighs> God's sake, Sue, you keep saying that. and I, th- I do. I, th- I think it's, I think it's really become... Have you been in a huge organization that changed? I've been in four. I've been in huge organizations. I haven't seen them change. Yeah, well... But... Here's what I'm saying. Often because Here's I have to. Here's what I'm but... saying. Okay? I'm saying that if you can't get people to go along with you, which maybe means using power. God, I'm really getting sick of you saying that, honestly. And just like, what does that mean? Because, you know, like you said, Obama doesn't know how to use power. He doesn't. He didn't, in my opinion. But we were on to the op-ed. I, I just don't even know how to. So, like, if you don't get people to go along with you, in then a big in a big organization, then, then you then you have no power. Then you don't get anything done. Right, but I had a friend who played soccer with me, and yeah. she stood on the sidelines and she screamed at the teams, you know, do this, get over there, hurry up, get it, they're on you. Constant stream. And she turned to me at one moment and said, you know, if they just listened to me, I you know, I'd be a great coach. And I'm thinking that's why you're having trouble at work, 
people follow people who are leaders and they do it by a million different ways and it's a it's an art form it really is right and a, the thing is a leader is only effective if the leader has followers right right and so that's, that's what, what I'm, power is about well and that's what i'm convincing other people to do about. things you want them to do when they don't necessarily want to or right. it's in their best interest and i'm saying what happens when you try to do that in an organization and you lose like everyone's like no you know what sue we've heard you out and you're wrong we're not doing it your way at that point, do you say, well, I'm going to keep on trying? Or do you say, you know what, I've got better uses for my time and energy? I say, That's what I'm saying. I say, look, if you really don't want this job, why don't you take three days off? And you come back in three days and tell me if you still want this job. And you'd be amazed at the people that change their behavior. So the ability to fire, the ability to give promotion, to give things, to find out what people really want from their job. Uh -huh. All those things are the levers of power. And sure. there are not very many people that know how to use them, but the people that do end up in charge, generally. Okay. Even if they're mean to people. It's, it's, it's sort of like sometimes the sociopaths rise to the top, but that's what they're doing, is that they're, okay. they're so threatening, the, controlling. So, so these levers of power, yeah. like... No, no, you're right. Never mind. I've, I've, I've. I think we need to go to the op-ed. Yeah, because like you, you keep saying that about Obama, and then you keep not like he doesn't have those levers of power. He can't fire Newt Gingrich, or he couldn't fire, you know, uh, 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 Mitch McConnell or whatever. So it's like I don't. But look at what, what Trump was he supposed did. to do. Let <laughs> me just give you an example of Trump. Trump is in inside their tent. He has le he has access to yeah. levers of power that Obama didn't because he was the enemy. No, but what Trump did, I'll just give you one example and then you'll see my point. I hope. Uh huh. So Trump, the first thing he does is he goes ahead and starts talking to is it um, Elaine Chu, who's the wife of Mitch McConnell. Yeah. Gives her her dream job, in. Um, uh -huh. Is it transportation? She yeah, was in she's transportation. She's in labor now? Commerce now, I think. Commerce. Wherever she is now was her dream. Trump somehow found out. So now he's got a couple of things over Mitch McConnell, and that's just one of them. That's how they do it. Yeah. Okay. I'm just saying that's how it's done. And I, it's not that you have to agree with it, but I'm saying that it's much more treacherous than you I, I, will I, admit, I, I guess. I <laughs> Like... That's it's an apples and oranges comparison because it's like it's the difference between like, hey, how do you manipulate the people who are ostensibly on your team and get them to do it your way versus how do you get the people who aren't on your team? Oh, she wasn't on his team, nor was Mitch McConnell. They're Republicans. That's and as evidence and yeah. as as the Republican Party repeatedly demonstrates, and they didn't like Trump, and it was a hostile. Oh, takeover. they didn't. They didn't like him, but they didn't. I, like it's very clear the Republican Party is very happy to be following along with Trump. I disagree. <laughs> okay. I Shh. disagree. Shh. Shh. Like, yes, I'm... but Sue, we've well established that your idea of what the Republican Party is and what the actual Republican Party is is two diverse. very different things. Yes, and I think it's much more diverse than people will acknowledge, and I, I think that people are painting it with I'm, a I'm, stereotypical brush. I'm waiting to hear the moment when a Republican who thinks like you do that, like, you know, universal health care is a great idea because it helps American businesses. And global warming is simply a scientific fact that we need to deal with as, as immediately as, as, as efficaciously as possible. And that a woman has a right to choose, of course, because that's big government intrusion into something incredibly important. That's a Susan Collins. Right. Climate and, change. And, and, you want the, and the Republicans that support, you know. Uh, doing something about climate change. Can, can, can we have? Can you put it on more than one one the set of fingers on one hand? 
I'm sure I could if I had some time to go through and get it. But yeah, I think. But that's they're not the, the ones. They're not the ones calling the shots. Oh, so they're that's not... the difference. Is you're saying the people in charge, which I agree with. I think the I'm, weasels I'm, have taken over Toad Hall. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying the only pro-choice Republican I'm aware of at the national level is Susan Collins. Yeah, there's many more. Yeah. Yeah. In in Senate in in Congress. Yep. Who? In the House. Yeah. Who? I'll have to get the names okay. for you. I'm just saying, like, I don't think there are that many of them, and. They're not. They have. They're not using power well. No, they're so, not. So they're. They don't have I'm any. I'm very control. hopeful that Susan they Collins don't have, is going to pull a Margaret Chase Smith. They don't have any control over the agenda. The Republican agenda is resolutely anti-choice. It's resolutely anti-science, and it's resolutely anti-healthcare of any kind. And it's basically like let's take all the money from from everybody else and give it to the rich few. Like that's what it is. And you know. Anybody who might possibly disagree with that f shuts up and falls in line in the Republican Party. Or they bide their time. Well, it, you know, like the people who think this is actually a problem and are, are working against it, you know, disappointing as many of them are, they're Democrats. That's why I'm a registered Democrat, because that's the only, the only place, the only active political organization I see in this country that has people who are at least trying to do the right thing about all these critical issues. I think your party's owned by the corporatists, too. Of course it is. Yeah, I... Of course it I, is. I, but I, people <laughs> in it, like, like, here are some prominent Democrats. Bernie Sanders. I mean, he's... He's not a Democrat. Well, he ran for the Democratic nomination he's for president. He's back to being a... He's, he's, he's not in the Democratic Party anymore. Kamala Harris. She's a very interesting Tammy person. Tammy Duckworth. Sherrod Brown. Elizabeth Warren? Is Sherrod Brown still in office? Didn't he get booted and then train no, him back in, in again? Is he in the Senate? Yeah, he's up for re-election. Yeah. He may not be in the Senate, uh, you know, next year, but he's in the Senate right now from a Maybe Ohio. that's somebody else I'm I'm just saying, of. like, like you know, and, like, I know Stacey will roll her eyes, but, hey, you know, Cory Booker. <laughs> you know, like, like, like... Uh, uh, no, Stacey did, in fact, roll, roll her, her eyes. eyes. Right. And I'm, like... I'm not saying that all these people are perfect. I mean, Stacey has, has a bone to pick with Elizabeth Warren, for gosh sakes. But still, like, these are, these are the ideologues, the people who are becoming stars in the Democratic Party. And then people like uh, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who are getting, you know, like, like, this is the exciting energy in the Democratic Party. And they're people who are for stuff that's good. Yeah, yeah look and the, they're the ones yeah, who are getting and, except and, and the Demo and the Republican Party. It's all people like Ted Cruz and Marco Rubio and Lindsey Graham. Except, yeah. Uh, did you hear about the uh, position that Nancy Pelosi has taken on if they return to power in government? Oh, I haven't heard this. Uh, which one? That she's not going to pursue impeachment? Nope. She is going to reinstate PayGo. PayGo. I don't know what that is. Oh, for Medicare, Social Security, pay as you go. No, no, no. As in the legislative idea. We use that here in Northampton. PayGo is you have to pay to throw trash away. So I'm oh, I'm I drawing a blank on it. I oh, thought it was a okay. kind of yeah. soda. <laughs> no, PayGo pay is you, you pay as you go. But right. I, so I don't know. So, that's so it's, soda. it's it's pay as you go. But basically, that's what it means, is that anything that they want to do, they would have to either offset it with oh, tax increase. Budget. Yes. That's and so basically, that means that she is completely and utterly hampering any kind of progress that the Democrats would make. Because the thing is that 
the way that Republicans legislate is that they just do whatever they, they're going to do and the, the deficit is the deficit. And then they just turn around and complain about the deficit. But with the Democrats, we have traditionally, I should say, I, I don't know why I said we, because yeah. I am not a you're Democrat. Not, I'm a hundred percent not a Democrat. Uh, Democrats have traditionally been much more actually fiscally conservative and have tried very hard to do this sort of pay go thing. And one it's one of the reasons why one of the, uh, the feathers in the cap of Bill Clinton as a president. Absolutely. He, he left with a, with a, the fiscally sound U.S. government. And you know right. who was the other side of that? Kasich. Yeah. He was the one who got it through Congress. So Yeah, it's very it's very interesting. And I almost like that Nancy Pelosi said that and I apologize, but it's because we just put like a trillion dollars on our grandchildren. And I think but the thing is, is that have a heart attack over I, that. I agree. That was a terrible decision by the Republican so Party. So how do you So I'm actually stop. going to defend the deficit for a second? Okay. Oh, is this Keynesian? Um uh so so in our terrible system, within our terrible system, I'm going to defend it because in a modern monetary system, the way that we have a deficit right now, that is simply a, a balance between, it's a balance between public and private funds. And so the way that it, I, I'm, you know, I'm not an economist. I don't know how to explain it fully. Keyes said that it was it was fine because Keynes because you can you can run up a deficit and it's really a paper deficit. I, exactly, I know it's where a you're paper going. deficit. Yeah. Um, and you know, only whilst, as long as you're the reserve currency. That's right. The and and so, but the thing is, is that in our current monetary system, it is not the kind of thing that. And also, fun fact: you can pull down the de deficit by doing things like actually taxing things like capital gains and the stock market and things like that well, that Mike's are allowed to have that. free no, I, reign I, I agree that are and, not taxed so earned and money should be taxed at the same rate as unearned money absolutely yeah i agree with you yeah um so we should take a short break here on some oh politics goodness. and play a couple of psa's promos and station ids but uh, we'll be back in just a couple of minutes with more uh, uh, cries of despair <laughs> from your your and your finger pointing from your bloviating host, and uh, two attempts by the reasonable people in the room to explain to him that he's wrong, um, which he should listen to. Um, so anyway, we're gonna we're gonna play some 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 stuff, and then we'll be back after we kept the FCC happy. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more civil politics. Hi, I'm Charlie. I fight fires, and I save lives. My name's Renee. I'm a cardiologist. I save lives. My name's Anthony. I'm an EMT. I save lives. You don't have to be a professional to save a life. Firefighters, doctors, and others save lives. You can, too. Don't wait. To learn more about the warning signs and how you can help prevent suicide, visit save.org. In a crisis, call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-TALK. I'm Rachel Maddow with the Pioneer Valley Planning Commission and the Franklin Regional Council of Governments for Valley Free Radio, reminding you that legally bicycles are vehicles and bicyclists have the same rights and responsibilities and should observe the same rules as motorists. For more information on bicycle rights and safety, go to www.massbike.org. Did you know there is a CSA from which you can get locally brewed beer shares? 
or that there is a delivery service that can bring produce from local farms to your door every week? Farm to Fork is a radio program dedicated to revealing the history of the food system in the Pioneer Valley and exploring the bounty the valley has to offer. The program tackles the complex issues surrounding food, drink, and every kind of nutrient with their individual production schemes and consumer markets. These topics and more, Tuesdays at 7 p.m. on Farm to Fork, Valley Free Radio, 103.3 FM, WXOJLP, Northampton. Fresh Sounds with your host, Ron Freshly, Tuesdays from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on WXOJLP, bringing you the music of Bud Powell, Wardell Gray, Art Blakey, Duke Ellington, Abby Lincoln, Tad Dameron, Yousef Latif, Bix Biderbeck, Cassandra Wilson, Tom Harrell, Jane Ira Bloom, and thousands more. You are listening to Valley Free Radio, WXOJLP Northampton, 103.3 FM. I'm Mayor David Narkowitz, and I support Northampton's community radio station. Money's great. So we're back with more civil <laughs> politics here on did Valley they, Free Radio. Did yes, they hear it that did. Comment? <laughs> well done, Stacy. Exposed. I, Our Democrat. Money's great. I, I, I have no shame about that. I love money. Money is great. I want more. <laughs> That's one of the reasons why I want universal health care. And I think money has like no, you said, <laughs> money has no value. But I, uh, if 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 you will exchange goods and services for it, it has exactly that much value. But this is civil politics here on Valley Free Radio. Well, it's, it's funny because uh, Sue and I, Sue was just remarking about how we agree on so much, but from completely different sides. And of course, <laughs> I also agree with you on that. Yeah, that money has no value, no intrinsic value. Yes. Yeah. Well, no, of course not. That's the whole point. It, that, that's what money is. It's an abstraction. If it had intrinsic value, it wouldn't be money. But anyways. <laughs> anyway, let's. That, that, I think that's probably a fascinating discussion or, For you another know, day. You know, uh, uh, a pointless shouting match from me, really, probably. But, <laughs> and all but, those that bought Bitcoin. Ha-ha. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my, that, is, that, is, that is one of the pastimes that I have with... Uh, my with my boyfriend is is finding new articles about how uh you know bitcoin you bros could have made a have... lot of money if you bought you i know. i am kicking myself for not buying a hundred bucks worth about a decade ago like i was just like i should get some of that just in case it takes off and you know like if, if like when i was thinking about that like a hundred bucks worth would be worth like a thousand times that or there was a point at which it would have been worth a thousand times. There was a point, yeah, a point in time when right. it would have been worth and, that. And, and that's yes. when I would have sold. <laughs> yes, because, you know, you actually understand monetary. <laughs> I don't think Bitcoin, really, properly speaking, is money. Yes. No, it's not. So it not not in, it, in yeah, not in a lot of the ways I think money needs to operate. But again, let's yes, let's get let that us aside. not get this into is those civil weeds. Politics, not. Mike misunderstands economics. Where'd the money go is the, yeah. our topic next week. Yeah. Oh, I wonder about that all the time, but that's that's just because I have no self-control. Um, but let's, uh, talking about no self-control, let's uh, actually pivot back to the thing we sort of started talking the, sh the show talking about, which is, uh, I was trying to segue into it from Robert Woodward's book, talking about like exactly how messed up the Trump White House is. And, and Woodward's book, which I haven't read yet, but I mean, it's like, that sounds amazing and terrible, but um, uh, it's in a way amazingly been eclipsed by that editorial, that unsigned editorial that appeared in uh, the New York Times. Not bad. Uh, and, uh, yeah. Uh, the New York Times, the, the board of directors says they know who it is, 
um, they know who it is, but uh, uh, they won't say. So I I, I don't it's know. It's okay who it for is. them to protect their sources. That's it nice. it is though. You know, there's no press shield, so a subpoena will be fascinating. But um, just so many people have have mentioned this. Uh, uh, maybe people listening years from now might not remember exactly what it is. I think there's a, a link to it. But in a nutshell, somebody who's supposed to be a senior official in the Trump in the Trump administration says like, "Now nah, we're constantly sabotaging him because he's he's an amoral boob." Who with no impulse control, and he's terribly dangerous, and we're we're basically working. Don't worry, to... the cabinet is in charge. It sounds like Alexander right. Haig. Right, I'm and getting scared because well, it's a coup. It is. I agree with you. <laughs> I, 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 Our friend George had said that yeah. you know military will slow walk stuff if they need to to protect yeah. the country, but I don't like that one bit as well, an answer. Well, it's one thing to slow walk, like <laughs> like General Mattis did with the ban on transgender people, like yeah. that they they slow walk. But it's another thing to refuse lawful orders. Or to take papers off his desk. I think that was right, the that, argument. That was one of the things that apparently... Like, I kind of like that. Roy Cohn. Uh, but it is a coup. I mean... It, 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 it made me laugh, but at the same time... Yeah, uh, President Obama uh, gave a great speech that... Well, I presume it's a great speech. I heard clips of it, and I thought, wow, that's really good. Yeah, I, I didn't hear it, it yet. I heard yeah. it put you to sleep, so I didn't listen to it. <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I just hadn't heard it yet, it, so it, I will. It put Trump to sleep, but that's, oh. you know... It's probably tryptophan, but um, yeah. So, so just in a nutshell, I, President Obama pointed out like this is this is terrible. I mean, the the, the you know he said uh, something like this is not accountable. This is not democracy. And by the way, the, the claim that everything will turn out okay because there are people inside the White House who secretly aren't following the president's orders. That is not a check. I'm being serious here. That's not how our democracy is supposed to work. These people aren't elected. They're not accountable. They're not doing us a service by actively promoting 90% of the crazy stuff that's coming out of this White House and then saying, don't worry, we're preventing the other 10%. That's not how things are supposed um, to work. And he's yeah, right. because who's making decisions? Elizabeth right. Warren is also, I think she just had a meeting with somebody she's doing a campaign event, and they, they're talking about that exact fact, yeah. that to have somebody besides the president making the decisions. However you think that might be needed or you want that, it's a problem for government if that's happening yeah, in I, this country. I completely agree. In the Constitution. Uh, uh, in fact... Stacy's getting ready. I know. Stacy's getting us ready. Both. I can tell. Which is fine. <laughs> I'm, just gonna, I'm just going to say this. Cheshire-like grin over there. We're going to be I, eaten. I'm just going <laughs> to say this. You know, uh, I agree with President Trump about something. Uh, I definitely do think the Justice Department should investigate this matter, should subpoena the New York Times to reveal the name of the person who is uh, 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 committing sedition, who's undermining the, you know, like the Trump lawful is, government. Yeah, yeah, Trump is a terrible president. And... I, I'm glad that the things he wants to do aren't happening, but nevertheless, this isn't how you should do it. Right. He's the elected president for better and, uh, no, really, for worse and for worser. Amendment, was it the 25th? 25th Amendment is the thing they apparently talked about but didn't do. What, you know, where his cabinet actually can take him out if, right. if Congress doesn't. And, and it's just, it's just. Kind of impeach him, remove him from right, office. It's, yeah, and it's just, yeah. like, you know, this kind of thing, we can't be having this. Like, because this is just as bad. Talk about lack of rule of law. Right. I mean, this is, you know, this is 
I, I I don't know if it qualifies as mutiny when it's civilians, but I mean, you know, if if Trump gave an order to like, you know, for the military to like, you know, move troops around or get ready to to do something, and they, you know, it, it wasn't an illegal order, like you know, Trump apparently uh, told General Mattis to uh, assassinate ha- Hafez Assad, the leader of Syria, and it's like that is flatly against the law. Like the, the Congress, you know, made that illegal in the seventies, but other than that, you know. Like, if it's a legal order, you have to do it. And and we can't be having mutiny. Well, on a ship, you can you can mutiny. There's certain ways you can do it. There is a way. There is some sort there's... of nar- um, mariner's law. There, there's maritime laws. That yeah, there are, the... but they're very narrow yeah. circumstances. Oh, I, I think there are circumstances in which you can relieve a captain of duty. Duty, yes. yes exactly. At which point it isn't mutiny. Yes. <laughs> right. Sorry, I used the wrong term. No, no, no. But I mean, like, it's like, it's yeah. like we are doing this very specific thing in the right way with our fingers crossed, and it's not mutiny. Well, and I think yeah. that's what the 25th Amendment is about. Exactly. Exactly. But it's interesting to think that the cabinet would know who was appointed by the very individual and that the Congress would be slow to act. I think that's an interesting scenario, to I, me at I, least. It's, 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 As it's, a historian, you probably... It's, is it, is it's it like the Chinese turn? curse, interesting times, and we're living in them. So that's what I think. Stacy. <laughs> you're we... from the Eat the Rich Party, as we established <laughs> in a previous show. Yes. So what do you think? I think that this is an absolute 100% non-story. Really? Absolutely. Okay. This was how Somebody it was. Telling no, no, this... out of school? No, 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 no. This is all happening. I'm sure it's all happening. But the thing is, is that this was always how it was meant to be. This was always how this administration was meant to be. Oh, just this one or other presidencies? I mean, probably other presidencies, too, but this one in particular, because and, you know, I have zero opinion on whether or not this is true, but someone uh, was saying someone was saying that there is a uh, statistically insignificant yet non-zero chance that Mike Pence actually wrote it because it uses one of his favorite words. Uh, Lodestar, yeah. Lodestar. Mm-hmm. And... Oh, how did it use it? Do you know what context they used it? Uh, no idea. I don't remember. I've, I've read it. You've read the op-ed? Yeah. Um, um, I've seen another person on Slate suggested that it was actually written by uh, Ambassador to Russia, John Huntsman. Right. Oh, now he's a principal guy. Well... Not if that's actually his editorial, no. No. Well, and it, he's, you know, ambassador, so I can't imagine he's in there taking papers off somebody's desk. Or... No. Well, that was Roy Cohn. <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, that was someone else. But that's the thing, is that this is how this was always going to be. This is how this was always going to play out. Trump was put up there as the figurehead to distract, while the adults in the room went about getting things done. Getting things done like they giant tax breaks, things like all the judges, all the these judges, yeah. things and like, like gutting the Environmental Protection Agency, exactly, and the Finance Protection Agency. And oh yeah, they just went after Mercury and mm-hmm. um, it, it, what's it called? The Chevron decision. Chevron, def- Chevron deference. Deference. Yeah. Which, which, which you know, Judge Gorsuch hates because it like hobbled his mom or something like that. I yeah. Who that. was the head of the EPA that got indicted? Yeah. Who, who said that? Um, during the Reagan administration, but the she- the Chevron deference is very is- interesting because it says if it doesn't, the law doesn't specifically name it, then it's not the principle of the law. So it t- it takes out all the ability to to pick up a new poison 
mm-hmm. and the EPA to do anything about it has yeah. to be specifically named by Congress. It's 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 very shocking to me because I believe in the principle of the law, and this is um, this is a way to make it almost impossible to govern right. because you have to name all eighty thousand compounds. Well, <laughs> and 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 federal specifically in the law, right? In and, a timely fashion, right? And federal agencies, I mean, like like I. I we can expect a lot, I think, from our uh, more than we get from Chevron our, deference. Yeah, Chevron yeah, deference. from our from our Congress people. But to expect them to have sophisticated understandings of 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 uh, a vast field of complex scientific disciplines, uh, you know, I don't have that. Stacy, you're fond of useless knowledge, but you don't have that. You know, mm-hmm. like like I like I know toxic chemicals bad, but I couldn't tell you what they all are. <laughs> So like like organophosphates, we're going to test you on that one because we just did right. that one a couple of weeks right. ago. So it's like <laughs> like no, I'm going to pass a law saying like the EPA should regulate toxic chemicals that they find to be toxic. But the EPA, <laughs> like that's a reason they hire experts. That's like like like, and you've pointed out many times in the show with I think absolutely on the money about how there could <gasps> one. I have one right. <laughs> just 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 tonight. Don't don't let it go to your head. Um, about you know regulatory capture. I mean that's a real problem. Oh, it's huge. I mean like like mm-hmm. the worst example is the Bureau of Mines AD in the U.S. But whatever, it, it's it's it can be around. It's it's a real problem. And the best but example is IRS. They are not captured by the people they regulate. How does that happen? I mean, They're relentless. I don't know why. <laughs> I hope it. I, I, I mean honestly, that's why they just gutted the number of people at the IRS. Yeah, well, that was one of the other quote successes of my party. Right. So. Um, so yeah, that, but you that is. Think it's, you think it's nor, not quite a conspiracy, but it was it was normal operating. This was, you know, if there's going to be a great big distraction over here, oh good, we can get to work. I I I, I and have achieve to, the things that we want. Well, I have to push back on the idea that like Trump was like a conspiracy by like the you know Republican Party's Illuminati. Like no, Trump Trump bulldozed his way in. Hostile and, takeover. And hostile <laughs> took take took it take over. But like you know the. The, the 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 viziers, you know, the the genres of the Republican Party. Uh, yes, I mean, I'm <laughs> we're, not we're saying like, they well, suck. now that we've got Trump, this is how we will secretly manipulate things yeah. and pull the strings. I, I think that it's moved right in. I, I think yeah. that what what I my argument what is absolutely not that it was a conspiracy, but that it was, as we argued about for the first half hour, it is the people who know how to pull and push those levers. And they see it coming, and they quickly pass DOMA because they know what's coming next. Because yep. they notice, and they're DOMA. like, "DOMA, yeah, Defensive they, Marriage Act from '96." Yeah, yeah, that was sort of pre- it was sort of a prelude. It got introduced before most people even realized there was a possibility that people would get marriage. In other words, they were folks that are watching the horizon, like the Koch brothers, mm-hmm. you know, looking for looking for the uh, sign that something's going to change. I mean, that was preemptive. Yep. Yeah. Just like Massachusetts should have been really preemptive with the uh, pro-choice laws, getting some of the old, horrible, nasty... But they have done that, haven't we? We did, but we just did it. Yeah. Why didn't we do it 20 years ago? Because uh, the federal the federal government said, like, you have a right, and we can't take that away. I mean, like, federal Trump state, it's, you know... Yeah, but you clean up your laws. Yeah, I agree they should have done, but I can understand why it was like, well, these laws are all obsolete, so who cares? Yeah, and you should cite that and say... Well, there's a lot of other laws we should clean up in this state. For instance, the fact that you can't consent to uh, assault is a huge issue 
Wait, what? So basically, why would I want to consent to being beaten up? I just got where you're going. Yeah, that's interesting. So basically, because in Massachusetts you can't consent to be um, assaulted, which is any kind of physical violence, it means that if you have a interest in BDSM. You can be... If I like it when when some pretty girl gives me a good spanking, I'm consenting to assault, and that's still a crime in Massachusetts. She can still face prosecution, even though I... Even though though I've... I went on tape begging her to do it. Exactly. And that has been used, and it's still actively used. That's very interesting. Um, I know people... You you got me there. Yeah. There there are... I'm not sure how we got there, but that's sort of interesting, and what a a turn to make. (laughs) I am a font of useless knowledge and some not so useless knowledge. But those, all those archaic laws, I mean, it's just interesting that the legislature couldn't just, you know, like Fridays is their cleanup day where they go through and clean up things that, yeah, yeah never, mm-hmm. yeah, never return to clean things up. So, and I'm, I'm, I understand your perspective on that because I do think there's huge opportunists in government and they probably immediately saw the opening and have been. Sure. You know, the deep state, I use that just to be pejor- uh, provocative, <laughs> the deep state quickly wiggled, you know, its little... Well, and, th- and here's the thing, like, like this kind of editorial, what they're talking about, that is the kind of stuff that Trump's been ranting about with the deep state. Yeah. And it's coming from his own people yeah. inside that he's picked for his own government. And I'm like, you know, it's not Bob Mueller, yeah. you know. It's 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 yeah. Bob Mueller's been they've been really good on leaks and yeah. keeping a tight ship yeah. and doing stuff and, in and, order and following that, the law. And Papadopoulos only got fourteen days. Yeah, I'm surprised it was that little, but the mo- most he could have gotten was six months. So, oh, and actually, you know what? Uh, uh, sort of just a random aside, but uh, I was harshing on you earlier about like ah, there's nobody good in the Republican Party, and I just I like, heard that. You know what? <laughs> you know what? I'm, there's I'm, one person who's sitting no, across no, no. from you. I'm, I'm just reminded. Like, because I remember this reminded me of a discussion I had with friends out in Ohio, and they said, you know what? There's a lot we disagree about with Governor John Kasich, but he's still a man of principle. And one thing, also, he is pro-choice. So, okay, so I, I was... I didn't know he was pro-choice. So I'm wrong. He's I didn't too, know he was pro-choice. Nobody could very well be. And he's, I, I thought he's he, too religious Maybe I'm misremembering. Me. Maybe oh. I'm misremembering, but uh, I, I, I have friends, who, you know, who are very yeah. lefty, who are out there with you, Stacey, and they're like, you know what? He expanded Medicaid, too. Yeah, that's part of it. Yeah. 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 It's very... See, I think that's the problem, is that we've gotten so far away from people of other stripes that we sometimes forget that they might have, like, a blue or red stripe right in the middle of their other stripes. Yeah. And it's hard. I mean, I I was talking to somebody today about um, possible apartment, and I waited and waited and waited, and finally I said, so I'm a Republican. And they didn't quite do a double take, but they've lived all over the country. They yeah. haven't just grown up in the valley. Mm-hmm. And they did say they had to think about it for a minute. And then, like, it was fine. But it was it was sort of like, yeah, you have to be a little more traveled like, or something. Like, my parents are Republicans. Well, not dad anymore, but, you know. He and probably I, still is, even if he's... Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we tend to be like that. The party never lets you go. <laughs> I've lived in Massachusetts my entire life, Sue, and we are completely and utterly friends but anyways we do have to <laughs> but you were uh, in the eastern part of the elite state right yeah um actually and in fact my hometown Stacey's totally an east coast elite my, my <laughs> hometown is. voted for trump so no kidding yep, yep. yeah mm-hmm. absolutely really yep. oh that's interesting I, I don't think andover did i don't think so but i know we'll tuxbury definitely talk about did. that big deal later yeah. <laughs> 
Well, anyway. uh, uh, Andover's <laughs> got a very prestigious prep school, you know, and Tuxbury's kind of like not. So, oh, I'm not. So now it's a socioeconomic argument. Good to in know. In part. All I have to say is that our mascot is the Tuxbury Red Men. Yeah. So, but we. Oh, we have to. Oh my goodness. We do have to wrap <laughs> up. Uh, so, uh. Uh, this uh, episode of uh, Civil Politics uh, 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 sorry, I'm trying to think of disparaging things to say about myself, but I'm going to skip it. So, um, <laughs> we'll do that to you next week. by the letter L? <laughs> sure. Liberty. And, and, and the number pi. So, um, coming up next yeah, coming, yeah, coming up next we've got some great music shows. Uh, Subculture uh, which is a mix of indie electronica and post-punk and other great stuff, uh, alternative music, uh, followed by, uh, that's 8 to 10, followed by a Table of Contents, which is a whole eclectic range of stuff. It's really interesting. Uh, it's from 10 to midnight. Then OK Asia from midnight to 2, which features pop music from Asia. And uh, uh, then we've got a repeat of Drum and Bass with DJ Fife from 2 to 4. So, you know, if you're an insomniac, there's still great music on Valley Free Radio all through the night. So, uh, an episode of this show, this uh, will be podcasted. This is going to be uploaded to iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and Google Play. It's going to be uploaded Sunday morning. Uh, and uh, that's it. We'll be back with more next week. So, thanks for listening to Civil Politics here on Valley Free Radio. Good night. This show is part of the Planetside Productions Network. For more information, please visit www.planetside.pro. And thank you for listening.